You're listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad that you could join us today. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda. And for this week's episode, I'm going to be doing a very Stranger Things-centric episode of the Casting for Fun podcast. Joining me for a conversation about the show will be super fans and good friends of mine, Kim and Nathan Cross, who love the show, and we're going to have a spoilerific conversation about it, going over all the details of season four, the part one of season four, which just aired on Netflix, uh, talking about the things we love about the show and what could potentially lie ahead of us in the remaining part of season four, which will be released on July 1st, and beyond uh, for the fifth and final season, which will uh, come out sometime in the future. So this is going to be a really fun conversation. I'm looking forward to chatting with uh, Kim and Nate. It's been a, quite a while since I talked to them. And uh, yeah, and actually, I do want to make a quick correction on the, the podcast. BYU fans are probably going to be very happy that I'm making this correction. On the, the During our conversation, I had mentioned that BYU had won a national championship in football in 1982. And the show was taking place in 1986 where uh, the, the, the Mormon girl on the show, Susie, is, has a BYU um, banner hanging in her wall, so she's obviously a fan, and she probably would have been really ecstatic about the team just winning a national championship a few years before. I got the year wrong. It's actually 1984, and that, that year they defeated Michigan to go 13-0 and in the, the 1984 Holiday Bowl, which was their last national championship. So I'm sure BYU fans are happy that I'm making that correction and that I'm even talking about BYU football to begin with. <laughs> So yes, definitely wanted to make that acknowledgement. Also, I wanted to just mention really quick for sports, again, because I'm a huge fan of the World Cup, particularly of the men's national team. Uh, Wales defeated the Ukraine. I know the Ukraine would have been the sentimental favorite to move on in the tournament based on everything that's going on, uh, all the horrific things in that country right now. But uh, as it stands, you, yeah, Wales, Wales, I apologize, Wales defeated the Ukraine. And now we'll be facing the United States on November 21st. So I definitely had invested interest in that. Uh, so looking forward to the World Cup later this year. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be great. Okay, so here we go. This is my conversation with uh, Kimmy and Nathan Cross about Stranger Things Season 4. Joining me now on the Casting for Fun podcast are two very dear friends who I haven't seen in a while. So I'm grateful that I can talk to them now. Uh, Nate and Kim Cross. Kim, Nate, how are you guys? Good. Hello. Doing awesome. Good to see you. Good to see you both, too. It's uh, really cool that we can geek out and talk about something really cool and awesome like Stranger Things. And, uh, you know, we want to plan ahead for the future, too. I very much would love to talk to you guys about Loki season two when we get that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The topic at hand, obviously, is Stranger Things. So uh, very excited to get to chat with you both about this. Uh, is there anything you guys wanted to talk about mentioned before we jump into Stranger Things conversation? And again, this is going to be a massive, massive spoilers for the, the fourth season that just came out. Yeah, right. Big spoiler warning. <laughs> uh, just we've been big fans of the show ever since it started. We love horror in general. Uh huh. And so Stranger Things was a was a nice a nice show for us to kind of just sink our teeth into. Mm -hmm. And then we did a Halloween. We were Hopper and Joyce. That's true. We were Hopper and Joyce. And, for and our little one yeah. was the Mind Flare. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Monster, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so very cool. 
Very good. Very good. So, yeah. So with, before we jump into season four, I actually wanted to just talk about Stranger Things in general. Like it kind of seems to me that the, the show became like a, a cultural phenomenon seemingly overnight. Because I remember, like, when the first season came out, I wasn't even aware of it. Like, I just heard lots of uh, people talking about it on social media. Uh, friends of mine who didn't know each other, they just knew me. And they were just mentioning, hey, you got to check out this show. It's really good. So do you remember how you both found out about Stranger Things, the, the first season? It certainly wasn't through marketing or promotion. It was word of mouth. It uh-huh. was friends that told us, probably uh, Geo at Work, maybe, is the one that told us to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was around the time, like, Netflix was still somewhat in its infancy, I guess you could say. And Stranger Things was that one show that everyone had to watch. And suddenly Netflix subscriptions were through the roof. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we were one of them at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was probably one of the first shows we ever watched on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And and, uh, Nate, you you touched on it just briefly earlier. Uh, what do you think would be the appeal of the show? I mean, obviously you mentioned the horror aspect and then I guess maybe it's just fun and thrilling. Uh, what do you think it was so appealing to you? To me or to the public? For you specifically, yeah. For you and Kim. For me, I think it was the fact that it was, you know, it had the horror vibes going, which I really enjoyed. Um, there was, you know, They always, every season, there's always a little mystery that kind of gets woven into it too. So there's something to pull apart and discuss. And those are the kinds of shows that we tend to enjoy a lot because then we have a lot that we can talk about afterwards. And of course, talking about it with other people like with you uh, is always a really fun treat as well because everyone comes away with something different. So that's also kind of fun about it. And there is the nostalgia aspect to it as well, which for me is fun, but not necessarily something I need or crave. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, that's a neat little homage to E.T. Yeah. Kind of stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, did you guys catch the movie Super 8 that came out just a few years before? with uh, Yeah. JJ? Okay. Yeah, it almost yeah. had the same vibes. Like, it was just a coincidence, I think, that it had come out. So, you know, set in the late 70s, but very similar thing of, like, uh, mm-hmm. a, a small city in the Midwest getting, like, uh, uh, alien invasion, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, also yeah. dealing with the, the human side of it, like, the, the individual stories. Uh, so that, that, the, that the characters have to go through, like, what's going on in their lives. Uh, which I thought was really fascinating too. So again, I love the the cultural throwbacks that they do, like basing it on the 80s, but also just the character growth that each character goes through and uh, how they interact with each other. I thought was really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. The, yeah. char- the characters are excellent and they've only been better this season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, very cool. Uh, anything else you want to bring up with one of the, the, the earlier seasons, either one through three? Mm-hmm. No, for me, it was it was absolutely the 80s nostalgia. That was a big draw for me. And it was the characters. There are so that I was really struck with the quality of the writing and how many characters there were and how much I liked them all. Mm-hmm. That's what really got me hooked on this show is how much I liked the characters. And that's generally my rule for investing time in a show is I have to like at least one character. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. if I don't like anyone, I'm not going to be interested in the story. I'm not going to care about them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that I like and care about virtually all of the characters in this show, that says a lot. Yeah, they did an amazing job casting the show. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, it's we'll talk more about it later, but they've done a fantastic job casting the show, yeah. writing the show, um, the music of oh, the show too. So good. Yeah, that was the, another the big, music big draw, draw was the music, yeah. Not just the the 80s music, which is of course excellent. Yeah. But yeah. the this the overall the soundtrack, score, the and soundtrack score, yeah. is very well done. Mm-hmm. You, oh, yeah, you, hear that, you hear that tone for like the boom, 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 for the upside down <laughs> and you just go Ooh. oh yeah, yeah something yeah. about that synth based soundtrack is just yeah and, and for me too the, the 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 horror aspect the in, in my opinion the first season is the scariest mm-hmm. that one that season is terrifying <laughs> 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 and um yeah we're, we're big horror fans like Nathan said earlier so Awesome. awesome. Very good. Very good. Uh, Going back to character development, uh, one character arc that I've really enjoyed the past couple of seasons would actually be uh, Steve Harrington's. And it's actually kind of uh, interesting that what I've read in online articles about it was that the Duffer brothers weren't initially going to keep him around, but I guess because he was so likable that they gave him like like a redemption arc. So he went from being kind of like a jerk in season one to being maybe one of the most likable characters on the show. And I, I, I love just watching the bromance between uh, Steve and Dustin. It's just really fun to see them together. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, of course, pays off even more in this season, too. Oh, yeah. Is, again, a point we can talk about in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, perfect. Okay. So I think we're ready to go ahead and jump into to season four. Uh, so very exciting that it, it came out, uh, that it was put together the way it was. It was very interesting that they wanted to split it in uh, two parts. Even though we did yeah. get the majority of the episodes, I guess the remaining episodes are actually going to be almost like feature-length movie length, right? Oh, really? Yes, yeah. that's what I've heard as well. Oh, yay. Yeah. But I, think, <laughs> I think one of them is supposed to be about an hour long, and then the other one is supposed to be like an hour, 45 minutes. It's almost two hours long. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It should be awesome. Yeah, it should be <laughs> impressive. Okay, so what were your initial thoughts and impressions with uh, season four that we've done right now? And again, massive spoilers right now. So we're talking about everything season four that just happened. Okay. <clears throat> thoughts and impressions were, um, man, it was, it was, uh, it's hard seeing them all so separated because um, they, they're literally, it's, it's four different storylines that we're following pretty much, right? Yeah. All the different groups. Um, so that's a little challenging because um, it was almost uh, <laughs> kind of like when you're reading Lord of the Rings and sometimes if you are more of a fan of following Frodo and Sam, you're cool half the time. The rest of the time you're just frustrated because you just want to get back to Frodo and Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, but we love all these characters so much that and it was so well written and so well edited that it didn't bug me at all that we would have to leave this one really compelling storyline to jump to another because all four storylines were really compelling. You know, so I didn't mind that at all. And I liked the diversity, the fact that we were in all these different settings, you know, different countries in some instances, you know, with, yeah. with um, Joyce and Hopper and Murray. Um, so I really liked that. It's yeah. unique to this season for sure. It, it did make some of the pacing of the overall season a little, a little jerky at times because we were bouncing around a fair amount, especially towards the latter episodes. But like my general impression walking away from the season is this is the best season since season one. That's yeah. my general feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, like Kimmy was saying, all of the characters have been developed to a point where I will be heartbroken if and when 
they die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like even even in uh, seasons two and three, I really didn't care for Max or Billy or some of the other characters that they just kind of pulled in there. But this season, I deeply cared for Max. Yeah, and same. She totally I didn't like her at first. Now I do. Yeah. And and even Billy's cameo in there was used very to to great effect. It was really well done. And I was like, wanted it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it just it says a lot that what Kimmy was saying, this season, I feel like was one of the strongest seasons in season one, just because every single character, every single storyline had something that kept you wanting to come back to it, even if and yeah. including the new characters introduced in this season they're all fantastic yeah like argyle love that guy and eddie, <laughs> eddie and eddie true and eddie so great and yeah. even murray because we get more murray in this season than karate murray <laughs> yeah oh my gosh that, that was really that part yeah yeah uh, going going back to Max and her story arc, you know, it's kind of funny when you watch these shows, like you think like, you know, you have your main characters and they're going to go through like the struggles they go through and the trials they go through and everything like that. Uh, there was a part of me for a split second thinking, uh, I think the Duffer brothers are actually going to pull the trigger. I think they're going to kill Max right there at that spot. Uh, but they didn't, which I'm, I'm happy that they didn't. But <laughs> yeah. it's a part of me that thinks that uh, even though I love her character, maybe they maybe they should have at that moment. I don't know. But it, it was a pretty intense scene, that, that whole sequence mm-hmm. when she, uh, in the grafts of uh, Vecna and like seeming like that she was going to die right at that moment. Right. Yeah. And we get that epic moment with Kate Bush yeah. <laughs> and running up that hill. It was so good. It's I think really well done. I think everybody who has seen that has fallen in love with that that scene. It's just very well done. Um, I think we needed to see that Vecna could at least be unsuccessful, maybe not necessarily defeated, but unsuccessful that they had a means of rescuing people who were- yeah, in yeah. The, the That's true. Rest. We needed to see that it could work. So yeah, I guess yeah. so, if they did kill Max off at that moment, I don't know what they could you know, what do at that point. <laughs> yeah. But um, we are, I think, 100% convinced that certain main characters are going to die. So we can talk about that. But I don't think I'm Max... not gonna say 100 percent certain. Oh, I'm 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 fairly certain. <laughs> if uh, if not this season, then I think season five when we get our, which is reported to be going to be the final season. I think yeah, that mm-hmm. I think we'll, we'll have some. But yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we'll have at least one or two major deaths in the final two episodes. But we'll get to that. I don't know. I'm I'm still on the fence. I don't want it to happen. Yeah. But it could. <laughs> it could happen. <clears throat> it could. It could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to jump to uh, to Eleven and her story going on right now. Uh, initially, when I was watching it, like I was almost kind of like feeling bad and thinking, you know, I don't know if we really need to get more bullying scenes from the kids. Because, I mean, they've already been bullied like mercilessly. And then we're right. getting more from that uh, Angela girl. And there was a part of me that was actually kind of happy that she took a roller skate to the face. <laughs> oh, I loved it, too. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but but it it is nice and int- oh, I mean interesting to see what they're going with now. Now that they've uh, again spoilers that they brought back uh, Matthew Modine to play uh, Renner, and I mean uh, it's kind of funny. So going back to to watch or to prepare for season four, I rewatched binged all three seasons, and in season one in the finale, uh, the Demigorgon like jumps out at Renner, kind of drags him down below the screen, but we don't see what happens. I think we just yeah, automatically yes. assume that he died. 
So I'm hoping that we get maybe more of an explanation as to what actually happened. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Matthew Moudin returning as Brenner in, uh, in season four? I, I personally think his face should have been way more jacked up. He's got just this teeny little scar just right here. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, no, we've just seen what happens when the Demogorgon noms someone's head, right? At that uh-huh. scene in Russia. Yeah. And if the Demogorgon did that to Brenner, he wouldn't have just this little scar right here. <laughs> I want to see some deformity. I want to see some fan of the opera level, like, you know, that could have been cool. Missing an yeah. ear, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like very at least throw an eye patch on him, or you know. Yeah. But the fact that he got away with just this little itty bitty right there, I was like, oh, okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do hope they give us more of an explanation as to how he managed to get away from the demogorgon with apparently just a little scratch on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Uh but overall, I think we were we were kind of happy to see more Dr. Brenner. Uh-huh. Just yeah. because he's such an enigmatic figure in season one. And by the time that we finally con- kind of start to understand what was happening at Hawkins Labs, Brenner's then gets nommed, you know, by the Demogorgon. So it's nice to get more backstory and and get to know his character a little bit more. Yeah. And he's definitely still a very shades of gray character. Yeah, it's kind of hard to understand we, what his motivation exactly is. Mm-hmm. Um yeah and and there's a part of me that wonders if he knows more about what's going on than even the rest of the cast or protagonists know um about you know the upside down and things like that like maybe that's how he escaped he knew something and had something the, the way they brought him back mm-hmm. the way they unveiled him was so dramatic it, you know that's that's just how they're gonna do right it's gonna be dramatic but in practical terms it's like why did they have to scare the living crap out of poor jane like that like why couldn't Owens have given her more of a a warning you know beforehand to make her not feel so trapped um like I I just wish that they could have been a little nicer to her. that's actually my <laughs> so my main critique of the 11 storyline in this season so far has been the fact that they have put her through more trauma than they really needed to and by the time they, they finally level with her that's like the moment when she's like okay i'm on board so it's like they should have just leveled with her to begin with i agree i don't think we needed to see all these bullying scenes they kind of felt unnecessary but at least at the point where we are now because there doesn't seem to be a reason for that other than to show yeah things are still really tough for her yeah and then maybe this this underlying question of like, oh no, did she snap and kill all those people at Hawkins Labs in her flashback? Is I she going to snap why. and do it again? Yeah, <sighs> they wanted us to see to to suspect that of her because we saw the way she snapped and and smashed Angela's face in with a roller skate. Yeah, so they wanted us to suspect that she was the one that killed all the kids in the lab. But if that's the case, then I probably would have snapped and killed all the kids in the lab because I wanted Angela to get smashed in the face with a nice <laughs> scholar skate too. <laughs> if that's the criteria, I don't know. It. I don't think it worked very well. I didn't feel super convinced that it. Did was it feel like like forced conflict? A little, a little forced. Okay. Yeah. And then part way through the season, I started to suspect that like, oh, we're not seeing any of these people's faces 
of the dead bodies in Hawkins' lab. She keeps having flashbacks of all these dead bodies. Yeah, he's We're like, seeing you don't their see faces. their eyes. We don't see their eyes. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Because yeah. the whole Vecna killing card, right? With the eyes popping. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, going back to, uh, to to Brenner. So, I mean, again, I don't think it's been really addressed on the show, but again, in my mind, I just keep thinking, okay, so uh, I agree with you, Nate, that I think he might know more about the upside down than he's letting on and that the rest of us know, because I, I, I keep thinking and wondering, okay, why are they experimenting on kids to begin with? What, are, what is their end objective? So if he's like right. that shades are gray type of thing, I mean, does he understand the threat of the upside down and does he, is he looking to uh, build these uh, kids in order to, to protect us and save humanity. Because again, we go into that whole uh, explanation with Owens when he's, you know, trying to pitch and sell 11 on why they need her. Like, yeah. you know, we, we have the contingency, we have this uh, program that can actually restore your powers. And not only that, make you even more powerful. So again, it'd be interesting to see what, where that goes or what happens, but I, I can't help but think that we're going to find out hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, why, what is the purpose of the experimentation on the kids? Yeah. And, and maybe that will come as we get more of the backstory of Brenner and one. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And then uh, with one, I mean, I was actually a pretty cool twist. I, I wasn't seeing, I didn't predict that. I don't know. Did, did either of you kind of have a, a hint or suspicion that he was Vecna all along? I... I suspected, nope. <laughs> I suspected partway, partway towards the end that he was one. Uh-huh. That's true. I, I, I suspected that maybe the reason I, I had suspected that Eleven had done all that, but I had suspected that she had done it because she had perhaps been possessed by Vecna mm-hmm. and to, to do all this. And that part of Vecna's plot of killing all these teens in Hawkins is actually to lure Eleven back to potentially wreck havoc again. But I didn't see the twist coming of, oh, it was actually one who's Vecna who did all this. And it took me a yeah. while even to figure out that the the main guy who'd been talking with Eleven there all that time was one. Oh, I didn't yeah. catch it until like right almost before it happened. Yeah. And the only the only hint I had was uh, the the actor that they chose to play him as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember thinking as we as we were seeing him, I remember thinking, that's an odd choice. Like, because he's a little strange looking, right? And I remember thinking something really mean, like, oh, he must be someone's nephew. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that just wanted to get into the show. So they they cast this weird looking little kid. Um, but that was it. That's like the only hint I had. And it wasn't really even me realizing, oh, there's something different about this kid. It was me just noticing he looks a little strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, <laughs> once once one started just tearing through the hallway of people, I was like, oh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's when it was when it finally all fell into place for me. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a great job of like they teased it. They gave us enough information. But they, uh, they, they still surprised us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I have a question about, I guess, like the scare factor then for for this one. So it was interesting to me, Kim, that you would pick uh, season one as the scariest season so far. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we just mentioned before we started recording that 
I've already watched all of the whole season through. Uh, and then Allison specifically asked me to do that because she gets very scared of things like this. So uh, when we watch it together, I have to watch it, know everything that's going to happen and then tell her every single jump scare, every single spoiler. In case oh. she- <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, so just in general, I guess compared to the previous seasons, I mean, like I, I had to previously explain to her, like, hey, this is the way Vecna kills people. It's actually pretty gruesome, pretty intense. Uh, so I guess compared to previous seasons, where do you think season four would uh, land as far as like the scare jumps go? As far as scare jumps yeah. go, honestly, I wasn't very scared. Um, uh, I was grossed out. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked, but uh-huh. scared? Not really. Um, the first season is was the scariest for me, mostly because it was very novel and unique at that point. We didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what the upside down was. We didn't know what the demogorgon really was. We didn't know the rules. Yeah, we didn't know the rules. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why the first season will always be the scariest because at that point you didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um, and with the you know season two, season three, season four, they're just kind of building on what we know. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so for me, it was uh, a little over the top the way that they Vecna was killing people. Um, the bodies getting contorted and, and, you know, um, the eyes popping and all that and the jaw. Um, for me, I was like, are they just trying to compensate at this point? Because they know they can't scare us as much as they did with the first season, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. The, I don't know. I kind of agree too. The other part of it for me, uh, was when they, when they do the first Vecna kill Chrissy, mm-hmm. that was shocking. It was not surprising this, for sure. Not, I was necess- like, Whoa, not necessarily on? scary. Um, the of course her the whole Freddy Krueger thing going on where she's kind of like trapped in her mind and she can't escape. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't really all that scary. Um, and then the CG they used yeah. to sell us oh, on on the bodies with all that happening. It didn't look great. That's kind of a main that was another main walk like. I'd say one of the ne- biggest negatives for me for this whole season was that the CG was just not super great. The de-aged L too looked a little creepy. <laughs> oh man, the de-aged L. I really, every time the camera was on her for more than two seconds, I was like, pan away, pan away. <laughs> pan away. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but, but talking about the horror, um, yeah, yeah the, the, if, if the visual effects had been a little more on point, maybe it would have been a little more scary. Mm-hmm. I think almost it would have been scarier if we didn't see what was going on in Chrissy's head and we only really saw it from Eddie's perspective where there's this girl, she looks a little dazed, a little scared, confused, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she floats into the air and just yeah. <laughs> That would have been more like, what the heck's going on? Whoa, what, what did that to her? You know, um, versus, like you said, going the Freddy Krueger route where it was like, it's in her head. Okay. Scary. Big shock factor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the, like, they do have jump scares mm-hmm. in this season too, but generally they're somewhat telegraphed and I don't think there was a single jump scare that really got us. No, I don't think so. Yeah. How about you? No, not, not so much because again, like right. you said, I think uh, because I'm so accustomed to the show now, I think I, I can almost like right. anticipate that something's going to happen. 
mm-hmm. but again, there could be just those moments of suspense, like, oh, are they actually going to do this? Like I was referring back earlier to the, the Max scenario. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. The suspense is there in yeah. the yeah. season for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I love with just horror, just uh, that they would actually get uh, Robert England to come and play uh, uh, a victim. That's cool. Was really cool. Yeah. We yeah. like that a lot. That's really cool. <laughs> Very cool. So we haven't touched on them yet, but I want to uh, briefly talk about uh, what's going on with the, the boys trying to go find 11 now. So I, I got a kick out of that whole scene where they go to Salt Lake City and then try and go <laughs> find uh, Susie. Uh, so that would be uh, Will, uh, Jonathan, and, and Mike. And uh, in Argyle, uh, driving the, yeah. the pizza van. So that yeah. the whole sequence is just funny to me. Like when she has her pictures of, of uh, Jesus Christ in her room and it's kind of like not the, the Mormon version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like so uh, what do you like about with them going on with their, their story and with uh, Susie? I'll, I'll just start by saying I, I loved, it was so nice to see um, Mormons being portrayed in the media as um mostly like normal like how they would be that's that's what you would see if you walked into a house with an LDS household with like yeah. 10 kids it would be just like that you know and it was funny it was so funny and it was very refreshing and um and I'll just mention this real quick we we briefly tried to watch under the banner of heaven on hulu which also portrays mormons in the 80s and it was horrendous we couldn't get through even one episode Oh, really? It was so cringy. Like the writing was awful. I was like, has this writer even ever heard an LDS person speak? That's not how we talk. Like what? It was, it was bad. It's, I do not recommend. So to see this was, was just such, it was so refreshing. refreshing. Yeah. (laughs) And oh gosh, what was, what was the youngest one's name? Cornelius. Cornelius. (laughs) He has the nicest most like eloquent name and he is the most feral child <laughs> they encounter him first just battle cry screaming and the shoot house shirtless them? yeah yeah <laughs> i think he shoots jonathan in the head or no it was mike with an air like a, with, with a yeah. with a suction cup arrow yeah <laughs> yeah that whole scene from beginning to end like even when they cut away and came back Mm-hmm. That whole bit was just super fantastic. It's great. And the whole setup of them like running through, seeing all the kids going upstairs, Argyle meeting Eden. Like the garden. <laughs> like the garden. <laughs> and he's smitten immediately. And then so the whole bit with the dad having to go downstairs because Cornelius has flipped the breaker yet again <laughs> and going through all of the chaos again. And him, like, actually believing his one daughter who's asking is actually choking on her own blood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was perfect, Dad. You really sold it there. It was just like you felt like it was happening for real. (laughs) Uh, It was such a great scene. Yeah, I really liked it. I love Susie, and I hope hope they keep her around. She's so great. And um, I want to know how she has her own bedroom in that house. Yeah. (laughs) With all those kids. With all those kids, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah, that was great. Everything. Really cool how they're, oh, I'm sorry. Nick, go ahead. Oh no, so I'll let you go first. Oh, okay, I, I was gonna just say that it's really great to see her portrayed as just being like uh, the, the super genius. I think that's really cool and fun. And to hear yeah. just talking about the internet back in 1986, right? It's just <laughs> talking about ISPs. Yeah. And- <laughs> so, so yeah, I think I think it's a good um, inspiring thing for for young girls to see. Hey, you can be smarter than the boys actually. So <laughs> that was yeah. very cool. They had yeah. to drive cross country to get her help mm-hmm. yeah that's that's pretty cool i agree yeah. i think it's an awesome yeah. message yeah um i was just going to say like every, it seems like the the story of uh 
Mike and Will and Jonathan and Argyle leading up to that point was was a little clunky, but I love Jonathan and Argyle together. Yeah. Like any scene with Argyle, he just made it so much better, especially in a, a season that's so heavy on trauma for so many characters. So many characters are just having the worst time. And then you get Argyle and Jonathan, and you're like, oh, finally it's a breath of fresh air. And it's hilarious, of course, to call it a fresh breath air or yeah. <laughs> fresh air for yeah. them because yeah. they're token it up a lot yeah. so but it was um it was just really refreshing to have a, a new character that just brought so much life into the show it was much needed in this season yeah oh yeah yeah and, but I, I just I love Susie I also like the yeah, BYU Susie. the BYU um banners she has in her room oh yeah yeah that, <laughs> that made me happy to see <laughs> I love that she's up on top of the roof wearing a hard hat and boots and yeah <laughs> adjusting her antenna uh-huh. And then actually, I guess just in real life in or for that time frame, uh, it was just a few years prior that BYU had actually won a national championship, right? For football. Oh, okay. Yeah. 80, 82, I want to say. Probably. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not that Susie would really care about football. But again, I guess if you have the school pride, you'd be like really beaming about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, okay, so I, I'd like to touch on the the four the four boys. Uh, again, it, it seems kind of strange and funny to me that we haven't seen them together as much as we did back in season one. But almost because again, as we talked about with the character growth, everybody's growing up, and you know it's just a natural stage in life. As you become teenagers, some of you lose interest in what they had done previously. Like we see yeah. that Will's the only one who really still loves playing D anD D, or wanted to in season three, where the other guys wanted to run off with their girlfriends. And now we right. see in season four that, that Lucas is, you know, the basketball star and the jock. Uh, so I guess I, I wanted to bring up or ask your opinions on what you think of the, the dynamic between the four boys now, now that they're older and they're all at different stages of their lives. I thought it was very realistic. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that a lot. Like just seeing Lucas, like he, he kind of wants to still hang out with them. Um, and you can see at certain points, like as he's leaving the basketball game, he just won, took the winning shot and he sees his friends leaving the D&D game with his sister. And you can see on his face, like the disappointment that one, his friends weren't there to see him make this winning basket. But at the same time, you can also get the sense of like, oh man, I wish I was there with them. Mm-hmm. And I, anyway, I just thought that was really refreshing and very realistic to, to start drifting apart like that. Um, but then of course we get to see them come together again, uh, which is, which is nice. Uh, well, not all four of them, not all four of them, not yet. Yeah. 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 But, but Lucas does return to the group. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Lucas and Justin. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I pretty much agree with everything Nathan just said. Um, I think it's really, it's realistic. It's natural to, you know, kind of start to grow apart, you know, in your, in your separate interests and, um, my one of my one of my thoughts about uh, the boys actually is um, how odd some of them have grown up to look like. <laughs> yeah, Mike is kind of a weird looking kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plus his little heart. He was he was a cute little kid in the first yeah. you know and, and second seasons, but since then it's just like oh oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, he's still such a good actor though. Like, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no criticism there. It's just it's just funny. Um, 
uh dustin a little bit too but but again i feel like that's realistic too yeah no you get goofy looking when you're a teenager (laughs) that's how you look yeah (laughs) yeah and that's been another thing that's been fun i think for these characters and for us is to see them grow up Mm -hmm. like we're literally watching them grow up like it's right kind of kind of fun yeah it's it's fun except um something else we were noting is that they help Grown up, they do look. They're in their twenties now. These actors, yeah. and they're playing. Yeah. Do Do you know what grade they're supposed to be in in high school? I, I think freshman, right? Freshman, freshman or, so- or, or yeah. sophomore, right? Like one yeah. of yeah. And it's like I think one of the 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 jock bullies that are going on like the witch hunt to like to track down uh, Eddie. I think they mentioned that Lucas is a freshman. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, um, you know, they're playing fourteen year olds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, Nathan was saying for the next season, they might have to do a time jump to just to um, compensate for how much these these kids have grown up. Yeah. Yeah. How, how adult they look now, especially um, a will. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He he looks and sounds like a man and it's like (laughs) the the COVID, the COVID delay certainly didn't help. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was that for sure. But, um, but yeah, uh, I also want to talk about what is going on with Will and his possible crush on mike we were we were debating that we're not sure what's going on there but that's something that's definitely developed recently um mm. well they, they have had hinted all, all the way back to the first season that that will could potentially be be gay yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i'm wondering if that's going to be um explored more in these last two episodes but I guess he, he has that, that painting that, yeah, the painting that he hasn't unveiled yet. And then um, mm-hmm. Eleven, when she was doing her monologue, talking about it, like mentioning that she thought that maybe he she was he was interested in a girl. But then we see like, you know, there's a classroom scene where that's the girl who wants to play footsie with him. And he kind of just like shrugs her off. Yeah, so. he's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So I feel bad for Will. Yeah. I feel really bad for him. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Mm hmm. Uh, we, we haven't touched on uh, on Hopper yet, Hopper, Joyce, and uh, Murray. So I think I'll have to just touch on them really quick before we begin to wrap up. But uh, it, it's interesting to me that uh, the Russians would first get a hold of a, a, a Demogorgon and have one in their possession. I guess they, they, they're they aware of the Upside Down. I'm assuming uh, it wasn't specifically said in season three, but I was assuming because they were trying to open a gate to the the, the Upside Down that they wanted to get the the creatures from inside to potentially use against the u.s in a cold war uh, mm-hmm. that, that was just kind of me putting in my own thoughts about what i thought they would potentially be doing uh so they get that and then we also see that the demogorgon is just going to town whereas i guess before the demogorgon would actually try and uh, kidnap people for their own purposes like you know with kidnapped uh, uh will and kidnap barbara so right. it is interesting to see what they're doing now as far as like weaponizing a demogorgon yeah, that is a good point. Because that's what he would do. He'd kidnap you and then put his little babies in you, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. So they <laughs> so they could grow. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's just so, a straight up predator now. And it, yeah, it might be one of those things where we saw a lot of demo dogs in season three. Mm-hmm. Maybe they acquired one of those demo dogs and literally grew it up into the demo dogs were season two. A season two. Yeah, that's the one where Bob Bob died. Oh, that's oh, yeah, true. Yeah, but yeah. we see more of the demodogs in season three. We do. Yeah, when Eleven has to close the big giant gate, there's demodogs literally climbing up the elevator that she and Hopper are in. 
Oh, and that's also season two. I'm sorry. Well, that's season two. Yeah. I am so sorry. I'm that's okay. What you said earlier, Albert, though, um, about the, the Russians uh, kidnapping the Demogorgon, I think in season three, don't we see a big cage that uh, Dustin notes when they're, you know, underneath the mall in the Russians, yes. their secret base? There's oh, this yeah, big yeah. cage. And yeah. that's kind of, I think, the big hint, like they're trying to catch one, you know, uh-huh. and uh, and obviously they were successful. Because now they've got this this demogorgon that they're that makes more sense that they're training on these poor prisoners. Yeah, and it seems like they're just starving it until they're ready to let it out, and it's just so hungry that it's just massacring them. Yeah, that was that was a pretty intense intense scene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty gross. So like the one guy who's standing there, the demogorgon's behind him. And just noms his entire his head, head from behind. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as Hopper walked into that room with the feast on the table with all the prisoners, I was like, "They're gonna fatten you up, feed <laughs> that demogorgon." And then he starts to, you know, come to the same conclusion. I was like, "Oh gosh, this is so brutal." <laughs> oh. But yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, whole... I love how we got to see how resourceful Hopper is. Like, you know, he he knows how to survive against the Demogorgon, and, and he has started hatching his plan to escape from Russian captivity. So it was really cool. I I love. Uh, um, I'm trying to blank on his his name now. He was just in Black Widow. Uh, David Harper. Harper. Yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. Uh, <laughs> our Harbor. Harbor. Uh, really, really great actor. I think he's tremendous in the role, and then it's been really great for Winona Ryder. I mean, I guess like a career resurgence for her to get into. Cassis, I love another writer. Yeah. <laughs> She's so I, great. I do want to mention like David Harbour's like well Hopper's whole monologue in the prison to Enzo about like his more of his background, which I didn't think we were going to get about why oh, he yeah. and his wife and their and their daughter, how that whole situation played out with why her the daughter dying, got sick. Yeah. why she got sick and died. Yeah. Oh man, I I I told Kimmy right after that happened, I was like, I don't I didn't think they could make Hopper even more tragic. Than he already was and mm-hmm. they did and that yeah. scene is just heart-wrenching and yeah i completely 100 agree like david harvard his acting is on point he's so good park. yeah it's incredible absolutely incredible and then of course every scene after that too he's just really nailing it oh my gosh and the moment where he finally sees joyce and she hugs him and he just kind of stares blankly for a second and then he slowly smiles and hugs her back like you could tell for a second he thought i'm just imagining this you know and then he slowly realized oh my gosh she's actually here that that was so sweet and just really well done great yeah. that we got that moment didn't have to yeah. wait for the last two episodes to yeah. come out to see it <laughs> yeah uh, but now we're gonna have to wait and how they make their escape how they're gonna make it back to the states so <laughs> yes yep yeah, we like Enzo. We don't want anything to happen to him, but I think something is going to happen to him. Like, no. <laughs> and, and Murray and is just fantastic. Oh, we, love Murray. we love Murray. He's he is such a fun and a great character. He's safe. No, like, yeah, I think so. If, yeah, if they yeah. killed him, we would riot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very so good. Great. Very good. Well, well, like you mentioned, uh, I, I'm grateful that we don't have to wait too long for, for the next part of season four. I mean, just uh, a few more weeks. So July 1st will be uh, here yes. before we know it. Uh, we pretty yep. much covered all the talking points that I wanted to go over. Was there anything else you wanted to dis- discuss or talk about for the show? We got a, a couple of things here. I think we touched on most of what we had here. Um, I, I have a prediction I'd like to put forth. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think... <clears throat> 
I don't want this to happen, but I think Eddie is going to die. But here's first first point of logic is that most second secondary characters die. Barbara, Bob, Billy. Yeah. Eddie, right? Um, I don't know how they're going to clear his name. I don't, unless they can convince the police that the Upside Down does exist and that it was Vecna. Uh-huh. Which I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think, I just, so I don't know how else the writers are going to take care of Eddie other than making him the hero and then killing him off. They've also been hinting at it because Eddie has talked a lot about how he tends to run away. I always run away. And he keeps emphasizing that point. So it's like, oh, there's going to be this moment where he will feel like he should run away, but he won't. And that'll be the moment when he finally uh, bites the dust. And he's also talked about Dustin and Mike as the future of the Hellfire Club. You guys will eventually take over for me. Hint, hint. I might not make it out of this season. So we'll see how that plays out. So his odds aren't great. We'll see. We'll see. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think his guitar is going to come into play in the last. Oh two yeah, <laughs> that'd be yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. want to see it happen. <laughs> One other thing I want to talk about: oh, Hopper's survival of the explosion at the end of season three. Mm-hmm. There were fan theories just all over the place about how he could survive. None of them, I don't think, were like he just fell under the machine. <laughs> <laughs> And he was fine. It's like that thing vaporized everyone in that room. Why not Hopper? Like, I hope they at least explain that at some yeah. point. Like, why did he escape without hardly a scratch? I don't He know. looked fine. He didn't even look burned. Like, yeah. he was in this huge fireball. He didn't get vaporized. He didn't get burned. And he was just, just boop, under the machine. And why didn't Joyce, like, look? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if she just kind of leaned over that console a little and like, oh, he's, he's right down there. Then, you know. Could have avoided all this, you know, this whole this whole Russia yeah. subplot. I don't, but think, I don't think they're ever going to give us a good reason why he survived. <sighs> <just saw it>. <laughs> <laughs> Hop survives because writer immunity. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I agree. They they should have given us a, a better reason how he survived that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other point that I wanted to bring up just to see if they're going to possibly do this in the remaining episodes we have, or most likely maybe save it for season five. Will we see uh, eight again and possibly see her help team up with 11 to potentially take down the, the upside down? I don't know how effective her powers would be inside the upside down, maybe to to trick the mind flare, because I guess the mind flare is technically still around where, you know, Vecna's is five star yeah. general and the mind flare is the main. The, right. the main threat so uh i i can't i can't help but think that they are going to bring her back in some capacity but it, we might have to wait till season five for her she could be useful you're right uh, although i do i do wonder if they're going to avoid her entirely because of how much everyone hated that episode <laughs> oh yeah that placement in season two yeah <laughs> yeah I, so i don't know i think they will pay it off i think we will see them again i think it will happen in season five yeah, I don't think it'll happen in this season. No. Part part of my prediction is that, uh, um, and we've been talking about this. Like Vecna's been opening portals as he's been killing people all over Hawkins. Um, why? Because they're going to do an invasion from the upside down. So I think season five is going to literally be kind of almost a Red Dawn esque sort of thing, where everyone in the town is going to band together and have to try to fight the forces of the upside down 
That could be fun. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, only other point I see here we wanted to talk about was the Vecna um, the his Palpatine moment getting electrocuted by evil oh. lightning. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like Palpatine. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, do we need to see that? Like, we, we just it. saw him get atomized just by shredded. Eleven yeah. as he's getting thrown. So you just assume. <laughs> <laughs> but then suddenly he's in the upside down and he's got all his clothes on he looks just fine and then all of a sudden evil lightning and yeah. uh, it was a little much yeah but but the actor who plays Vecna oh, slash one slash uh, what's his, his we don't know his name. real name I think we. I don't know. think we know his. Do we know his real name? I, can't uh, I had to Google search I'm not sure yeah, yeah I think yeah. we I think we didn't know his name but it doesn't matter that actor just he he's pulling off the evil pretty darn well i i like him yeah he was great that twist was great we did not predict nancy getting pulled in mm-hmm. at all like that was a complete surprise yeah nancy getting, um, getting pulled by vecna was like yeah. what yeah, yeah. <laughs> no we expected cool. steve or eddie steve at that eddie. point yeah. steve yeah. i still think steve might bite the dust I we'll know. see yeah he's no <laughs> <laughs> okay well, that's pretty much everything I had. I think, are we good to wrap up for tonight? Yeah. yeah we, okay. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining me. This was so much fun and I can't wait to get together to talk about season, uh, the rest of the remaining or season four and then beyond. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love doing this podcast. It's just fun for me to recap, connect with friends, talk to them, see how they're doing and just uh, geek out about stuff that we love. So. Yeah, this is, this is awesome. Thank you very much for inviting us. This is really cool. Oh, Thank you're you. welcome. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, thanks. Huge thanks to, to Kim and Nathan Cross for joining me on the Casting for Fun podcast. And uh, have a good night. Thanks, everyone. Bye.